the idea of both organizations we were working on was that through understanding of another culture, we would achieve peace. Hello, my name is Kel, and you are listening to the Wild Ones mini podcast series. On Saturday, June 12th, 2021, at the very first Wild Ones Salon, we were thrilled to have guest speaker Cecilia Gamas with us to talk about how she chooses to challenge people's minds and their preconceived notions about women or other cultures so that we can see the strength and beauty in ourselves and others. Here's what she had to say. I didn't really know what to say when Joe invited me here because I said I don't really challenge anything with what I do. And then my husband told me, like, are you serious? What you do? And, uh, but I think um, I was very, I had a very privileged childhood. And I don't mean by that, that my family was wealthy. Simply, I recognize that my dad and my mom were different when I was in secondary school. And all the things that were happening in my house weren't happening in somebody else's household. And is when I, who was very shy, who was a very quiet girl, uh, who loved books and uh, everybody called a very intelligent one, I was always siding with those that were bullied. Um, the chubby girl, the very shy, small guy, whoever you wanted. I was always with the ones that were suffering in school. So I think my parents got a little bit worried that probably I was one of them. But no, I think I was quite strong in other ways. I was never defending someone with my fists, but there was always kind of this side of me that and I still tend to do it. Uh, and I don't want to mean bad, but I to side with those that I feel that need some a slightly push to feel more comfortable. And one of my friends says that probably that I'm suffering of empathetic syndrome, that I try to be nice with everybody. But now it just comes like that. And it's my mom and my dad's fault. Um, I was also raised surrounded by very strong women. I didn't know that they were strong till I became older in my 30s, 40s. Uh, because all of them were grand aunts that were around, you know, um, someone, when I was eight, I thought that someone in their 60s were old. So they were kind of lovely, uh, tiny women that were going up and down and doing things. But when I heard their stories, when I was older, I understood why they were so strong. And funny thing, I understood why some of them had decided to stay single. Because even I was, I was born and I was brought up in Mexico City. One, of, it's it's a modern city. It's very forward there um, with very modern ideas. Uh, there were still some of them which had decided to study instead of creating a family, who had decided to travel instead of staying at home, um, and and they were the ones that would just bring us all these stories about what they were doing. And without really knowing it, they were really influencing my way of seeing the world. And um, I think again, uh, like when my parents realized that probably I was too shy, they decided that they were going to go for ballroom dancing classes. 
after a couple of weeks, they thought like, oh, this is good for the girls. So they brought my sister and I too. And then we were there gaining this confidence. But now I realize that my parents didn't need to go to those ballroom dancing classes. They were doing it for us. So, um, yeah, it's, um, so I think I, I don't challenge anything thinking of it because I never really went through a phase that I needed to, to fight for who I was. It was always there. I was given all the tools from the very beginning. Um, I have some notes here because when you were talking, I changed everything that I wanted to say. But um, I think uh, in a way when I moved to Ireland, um, I, my husband is Irish, so we moved, I met him 20 years ago in New Zealand during a work conference. And it was, uh, we both work as educators. Well, I was an educator. He is the director of an organization that uh, promotes cultural exchange. But the idea of both organizations we were working on was that through understanding of another culture, we would achieve peace sometime in the future. Mm -hmm. So we met there. My, when I came back to Mexico and I told my parents, my parents were like, really? Did you need to go to New Zealand to meet someone? Uh, but then when they met him, my dad said, probably he will survive you. So that's a good thing. <laughs> so after 15 years married, uh, my dad passed away last year. But he always said, he is the only one that could have survived you. I think that if you had married somebody else, they would be already divorced anyway. <laughs> so, uh, but that was my dad. He, my dad was always saying kind of those things. But um, the thing is that the person, those ones who always pushed me to challenge the status quo of a woman in the society were my mom and my dad. I attended my first protest against, uh, against a political issue with my mom. And everybody at home were telling her that, like, you know, there's going to be police, it could get very rough, violent. And my mom said, doesn't matter. The girls need to be there. So uh, the first one that brought me an adult's book, something that meant to me a lot, because it, that meant that my dad thought that I was intelligent enough and I was mature enough to read uh, this book about um, Saint Luc as a doctor the real story of the man. And I was only 11. And my dad gave me that book as a present. So that meant a lot. Uh, so they, they were the ones that put me where I am now. Uh, when I moved to Ireland, I found it very difficult to get a job. It was uh, 15 years ago. My qualifications as a teacher, um, I was the youngest vice principal of a secondary school in Mexico City. I was 23. That had never happened, but it happened because I started teaching when I was 18 and I kind of moved from kindergarten to primary school to secondary. And then they thought like, well, you, you, you are doing something good. And my first challenge as a vice principal was when I finished my first meeting, when I introduced myself to my new staff, uh, the biology teacher who had been working in the school for 10 years went downstairs and resigned because he wasn't going to work with a younger woman. That was it, under, under the orders of a younger woman. 
So I remember coming back home and telling my parents I was kind of frustrated. And my dad said, so what? You'll get someone that wants to work with you. And so my dad's, uh, yeah, as, you, as I told you, that my dad's philosophy, it's keeping me now. I think because I'm, I'm older and I understand his concept of like, just breathe, think what you're going to do and continue. And that was all. Um, and um, so when I moved to Cork, I found it very difficult to get a job. So I kind of try, was trying to take some time. And I started volunteering at the Center of Mexican Studies in UCC in 20 years. Mexico was in the news as a very violent country. So uh, it also came kind of, um, I had this task of changing people's minds. There were, obviously, my country is very big. You can put 24 European, UK, Germany, France, doing the same thing that my government is doing. I think the internet connection is unstable. So you let me know if you can hear me or not. And uh, so uh, it was, um, I started doing the activities just to show Mexican traditions out of those stereotypes, but also what is the Mexican, um, the real Mexico for me, the one that had citizens that are trying to make a positive change. And I hold two positions at the moment. I'm the director of another cultural um, exchange cultural organization. And I also vice president of an international federation that pursues the same objectives. Both are voluntary positions. I don't get salaries for them. And my sister who had joined first, but now left, uh, I don't know, something happened with, believe it or not, with her pet rat. And uh, she always tells me like, if you were working in the private sector, you would be making a lot of money. But uh, what I think now, I think what I do is really important because my job that is an unpaid job is allowing me to empower other women. I work with very young artisans, women in Mexico City who are trying to keep the traditions of their culture. I work with um, women, the artisans also that are trying, obviously they are the pillars of their family, so they're trying to make an income. Uh, with indigenous uh, guys that as the traveler community had faced this uh, discrimination in urban areas, but they, they really want to study, they really want to change that concept. So I'm lucky. I really work in what I like to do. Um, I really have to thank my husband because without his support, not only his, without his emotional, but also without his financial support, I wouldn't be able to do it. But, uh, but I think uh, it's spaces like this, as I said before, we tend to think that what we do is not important, but actually we are changing our surroundings in a very smaller way, it doesn't matter, but we're changing it. And I want other girls to be as lucky as I am. I don't have any children. That is for another occasion to talk about that. But uh, I, I would like other girls and boys or um, people in general to be as lucky as I was, to see the life in, with my eyes because I didn't have trouble just because my parents were there teaching me without letting me know that you could do things for others. And I could keep talking, but I think I better just stop there. <laughs> Thank you.
A short time after the salon, we asked Cecilia to give her thoughts about the experience. When I was invited to take part in the Wild One Saloon, I didn't know exactly what to say. However, once there, it was quite easy to open up my heart to the rest of the group. More than ever, I felt that I must keep fighting for what I think is fair. I had a privileged upbringing with parents who taught me that love has no color, that you can work silently for the common good, and that there is also the need to raise your voice against injustice despite borders and causes. I left the salon uplifted, confident that what I do is important to empower other individuals. It helped me to remember that no fight is small and that everyone's strength is unique. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wild Ones mini podcast series. You can follow Cecilia on Twitter at Cecilia Gam Camp. At Cecilia Gam Camp. You can also follow Good Day Cork on Twitter at Good Day underscore Cork. You can follow Think Speak Do at Think Speak Do One. Thank you also to our sponsors, LCDC and the Department of Rural and Community Development. Thank you also to Harry Menton for composing the music you've heard throughout this episode, as well as the sound editing and mixing. You can find more of his work on Spotify.